Hello and welcome to the Grove Church Podcast. I'm Charlie Lofton, the lead pastor there, and we are so glad that you're joining us. Whether you are a member and you're just catching up on a sermon that you missed or you're someone who's brand new, we are really glad that you are joining us. And if you are new in some way, and I know that a lot of people will do that, will listen to sermons first before they visit, I want you to know that we would love to meet you at any point. You can join us live in our services on Sunday, 9 and 1030, or our streaming service at 1030. Either way, we would love to be able to get to know you. And regardless of why you are here uh, listening to this sermon today, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, good morning. If you're new, I am Charlie, the lead pastor here, and really glad that you are with us. And we got to share a little bit right there. It's Carol Harris, an uh, awesome member of our church. She's going to share a little bit about our community care ministry, where we have the opportunity to basically bless our community. Uh, we have people that will approach us, they'll come to the building, we have people that will call, we have needs sometimes even within our own church body of people who are in need, and we have this fund and this awesome group of people who will help, and really with, with no strings attached, and lots of times churches or people will feel like, you know, that they're being taken advantage of, and we come up with all of these reasons why we shouldn't do this, and we have just always as a church just had a heart for you find yourself in a desperate situation, we want you to know that our church is a place where you are loved, and we will help you with what your need is, and um, this this is an incredible ministry that is, you know, giving, by the time, you know, most years, between fifteen and $20,000 a year just out there to people who are in need, in addition to another $20,000 or so that goes to other organizations in our community that are doing the exact same sorts of things. Um, us being generous, being a generous church with people who are in need has always been a huge core value of who we are. And so we want you to be aware of not only of this team, but just kind of the involvement that you can have with it. Uh, I was talking to Leslie, who uh, is our uh, administrative director here, who kind of oversees kind of all the admin stuff and really also helps lead this team, and I was talking to her, and it, she was saying that uh, really the limiting factor right now is not uh, the availability of funds that we have, but the availability of people that we have that can be on the other end of these phone calls, because it is, it's not just they say they need $10, $50, we give them $50, we talk to them about who they are, what their needs are, how best we can help them, and we need people who are willing and able to have those sorts of phone conversations with them. And to be able to directly love them. So I encourage you, if you think that that could be you, we would love to hear from you. You can go to the grovechurch.org slash connect, fill out something. Go to the connect desk, talk to me, talk to Leslie. We would love to get you involved. And in addition, this is kind of what we were talking about last week. As we were talking about launching a, a financial campaign to raise money for not what comes in, but raising money for what goes out of the church. Raising money to help multiply that impact. Again, we, have, we, are, we are a generous church. We want to give to people in our community. We want to give to great organizations in our community and nation and world. And so this is an invitation for you to be a part of our community care team. But also just want to invite you to, to join us in this generosity and we will talk more next week specifically about the details of this capital campaign that we are doing to raise money for these outside organizations and these missionaries and the community that we support. But just want to go ahead and have that just even further in your, 
in your heart about your partnership in kind of multiplying generosity into our community. And generosity is kind of what we're talking about today. We're in the second week of a series on money and giving. We're talking about generosity. We're talking about the blessing that God gives to people when they're generous. And that word blessing kind of been circulating in my head a lot this week. And if I were to throw it out there, it's like, hey, when you think of blessing, what do you think of? And most people think of the prayer that you pray before a meal. Say, say the blessing. Um, and uh, you, know, you probably don't experience this near as much as I do, but you know, you're sitting there at a, an event. It could be a family event. It could be a group of friends or whatever, and somebody decides we need to pray, and they're looking around. Hey, who should pray? Every time. Pastor, would you, would, you bl- would you bless the food for us? I don't know if I'm capable of blessing the food for you. But I, I can pray, and I don't know, maybe some of you are the only religious person in a non-religious extended family, and you, and you get that. Um, like, you, you're the one that says the blessing. And I had this one person who was in one of our small groups that were like, that is pretty presumptuous. I'm like, what is presumptuous? To ask God to bless your food. Like, what, what on earth are you talking about? And she's like, you know, I mean, God's got a lot of, he's got a lot of things going on. I mean, he's got to hold the universe together. Right? There's kind of like big picture stuff he needs to be doing. Like, is he interested in this cheese? And it was, you know, a very interesting conversation and a very interesting perspective to have. Because, like, what are we, what really makes you ask, like, what are we asking here? Because I think some people kind of have a superstitious idea about the blessing. Um, is it, you know, if, if, you, if you don't pray, it's cursed? Like, are you going to get, like, is this preventing food poisoning? And if so, how does what we'll call the chips and salsa exemption, how does that play into it, right? Because you know, you know what I'm talking about. The chips and salsa come. You're not, you're, not, we're not, you're not praying for that. Maybe some of you are, and you don't believe in that. But it's like as you wait until the, the, it's the main dishes. Like, is it God exists outside of time, so this blessing actually kind of goes backwards too. Like, what are we doing? And, and really what it is, at its simplest, is us taking a moment and recognizing the goodness of God. And when we say that we want his blessing, it's not that we're depoisoning the food. It is, a, it is a desire that we have to just say, hey, this, this is a representation, this food that we have. We are already blessed by you. And we ask continued favor and blessing upon what we're doing. And this is really on my mind. Again, we'll see this passage this week and anytime we're talking about finances or giving or the, the stresses and the overwhelming things that people feel, the anxiety around money, the fear around money, the, the, the state of the, the economy currently and kind of what people are experiencing. I think we would all agree that we would love, we would love for God's blessing, His favor to be on our finances. I, 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 as, as I'm trying to sit here and, and make through from where we are to where we're going or we're going through a difficult time, I want, I want God's blessing. I want his favor. And there's a very difficult statement that I have to make every now and then, not just simply around um, giving, not just simply around money, but really around a lot of different things, is that God doesn't bless. God's favor is not going to be on disobedience. God has not, not put his favor upon disobedience, which is why we talked last week. We talked about these cascading sets of dominoes of what we're really 
could see how, how God could use our finances to do incredible things in the world. We want his favor, but we talked about first is his favor is blessing. It starts with an act of obedience. I, I've got to get right between God and between me and God, and then and then I can have his favor. It's not that you can't in a desperate situation experience God's goodness. You might receive his mercy where he does something good for you that in a situation you've gotten yourself into is his grace, which is called some people use unmerited favor. I didn't I didn't do anything to deserve this favor, but it is a it is a free gift. But if we want God's blessing, his blessing, his his constant favor over this consistently stressful portion of our life. Where does that come from? So the passage that we're going to look at today is in 2 Corinthians 9. And we're going to look at verse 6. And in verses 1 through 5, he's talking about, uh, basically this is part of this letter is a fundraising campaign that Paul is doing. He's got some other missions that he's going to do. And he's reaching out to the Corinthians and saying, hey, I'm about to send some people to collect the gift that you said that you were going to give. And he is in, encouraging them to be generous. And as he's talking about generosity, he says this, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, starting in verse 6. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now, what Paul's talking about here how we can receive the, the blessing of God, that we, can, that we can receive generously from God. There's two words that just really come, come strong here, and these are the words cheerful and generous. God loves a cheerful, a cheerful giver. And God says that you, if, you are gen, if you sow generously, you'll reap generously. So if we want God's blessing, His favor on our finances, we need to, I think, first appreciate this big idea that God blesses cheerful, generous giving. If we want to see the favor and blessing of God in, this, in our financial lives, He makes it very clear here that this is what He blesses. He blesses cheerfulness and generosity when it comes to giving. And this metaphor that Paul's using is a farming one. Hey, if you sow generously, you'll reap generously. If you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. And I think sometimes we kind of jump to the conclusion here. It's like, okay, he's talking about giving. I get it, I get it. If you give generously, you're going to receive blessings from God generously. And if you give sparingly, you're going to receive sparingly. Which, of course, on some level is what he's saying. But I don't, I don't want us to lose the, the power of the details of this metaphor. So you've got this bag of seed and you are planting your crops and you know that you know what I receive back is going to be proportional to the amount of seed that I plant. If I plant some seed, I'll get some back. If I plant a lot of seed, I'll get a lot back. If I plant, you know, and, and so why not plant all the seed, you might think. Well, if, if that's what it is, you plant all the seed and you know that you can get a full crop back. But there's a part of the farmers like, maybe I need to hold some of this back. Because what if, what if we lose the crop entirely? We lose the crop entirely and then now the, I, I don't have anything to reap. And now what am I going to plant for the next year because I've used all of my seed? And you have this, this fear. I need to hold on to some of what belongs to me because I can't trust 
the crop that I'm about to receive. So I need, I need to hold on to it. So I'm not going to put as much seed out there just in case something goes wrong. Now we start talking about giving. This, this, this metaphor, I think, comes even just even more clear. Okay, God's saying, hey, you should, you should sow generously. You should give a lot of what you have. You should put a lot of it out there because when you do, you'll reap. It's like, but what if something happens? But, but, what, but, but what if? But what if? what if? What if this happens? What if this happens? And I'm going to wish that I had more of my seed in my, in my bag. I, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to put this out here because I'm, I can't trust that I will reap a good crop. But this is the promise that is being made here. Is that if you will be generous with what God has given you, you will receive the right crop back. Your, your, your blessing that you receive back will be proportional to that. You can trust that. You don't have to worry about, but what about this? So if we can be learn that sort of generosity and overcome this fear, God says you will reap great things. And we'll talk more about what that means. We understand what cheerful means, right? I'm not trying to, and God's not trying. He's, he's not asking anybody here to do something begrudgingly. Uh, no one's twisting your arm. This is not what God wants. God does not want a begrudging Gift. Don't, you should give what you've decided to give, not reluctantly, not under compulsion. This is what God loves. He loves cheerfulness, an, ex, an excitedness, an enthusiasm. I get to give. I get to be generous. This is what God, and, and, if, and if you'll do that, a good heart, and do so generously, God's blessing comes. Which begs the question, I think, what does generous mean? What does it mean to give generously? Is it about how much you give, like the amount? Is it percentages? Is generous whatever feels generous to you? What is generous, right? And, you know, you'll see this sometimes in news articles. We'll talk about it on, on Twitter, different social media or whatever, where some billionaire will give some big donation to some cause. Like, so somebody who's wor worth $10, $15, 20000000000 billion gives $100,000 to some important cause. And at this point, everybody becomes mathematicians. $100,000, well, he's worth $10 billion. That would be like me or you giving $20. And they do that to kind of shame the person, right? That's, not, that's nothing what you gave. My first thought is, hey, I love math. Good job. Good job doing math. I like math. Second, ouch. Why? Like, ow. Like you're hurting. Like, and the third thing is like, okay, that would be like you giving $20. Did you give $20? Did you give $20? Or are you using the fact that he didn't give as much as you think he should to keep you from giving your 20? I don't need my 20. He should give my 20. He's not, I, I don't consider what he's doing to be generous. Okay, are you being generous? Or are we just, are we just lobbing grenades at people that we actually are a little envious of because they are able to give larger amounts and it not bother them. Sure, I mean, maybe a lot of definitions. Someone who is worth $20 billion, $100,000 donation is not particularly generous. But where's the heart? What's, what's the heart? I know the heart of the, the person who's criticizing. 
mean, Jesus makes it clear. It's, it's not about a mount. He makes it clear. It's not about a mount. You know, he's watching these people. They're giving, and this one guy comes in. He throws in a lot of, a, a, a lot of coins in there, and, and this woman comes by and just gives a couple of pennies, and Jesus, being who he is, he just kind of knows things, right? He looks at his disciples, and it's like, I assure you, the second gift is better than the first. He gave from his excess. She gave everything that she had. So generosity to a large degree, it is. it does have more to do with percentage. It has a lot to do with sacrifice. I think really generosity and cheerfulness are tied together. You could give the same amount with a bad attitude and it not be generous. Because generosity does imply something about the heart of just like, I want to give, I want, I want, I want to give. And so there is a part of me that just kind of wants to leave that vague for you. Because honestly, a step of generosity is probably a little bit more right now than you're comfortable with. And some of us who may not have this muscle of giving has been atrophied. We've never really developed it. That first step is a huge step. And it was really cool. I was a small group on Sunday. We were kind of discussing last week's sermon. And a guy in our small group was like, yeah, I remember the first time I ever gave. It was $100, you know, that's not a lot, but it was a lot to me at the time. It was the first time I ever, I ever, I ever did it. And I, I remember how I felt when I did it. Regardless of what percentage of his income was, it was a generous moment for him to take a step. And then he told this cool story, and it was an amazing thing. Two days later, I got a check in the mail for the exact same amount. And he said, that was just God's confirmation this is who he's wanting me to be. You know, the story was 10, 11, 12 years old for him. And then just talking about how God has grown him since then. I'll put a little, I'll put a little, uh, uh, give it a little more definition, kind of what this looks like in our lives. And for some of you, this is going to be like, oh, that makes sense. Some of you, it'll, it'll feel big, feel overwhelming, maybe. I don't know. But the decision that my wife and I made a very, very long time ago is that we were going to do what we did? We talked about last week. That the first tenth of what God gives us, it belongs to him. We're going to give it back. And we've seen God bless that 90% in incredible ways. But what generous feels like to us, God asked for this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give him this. That there is a multiplying we've experienced in our own lives with God. That there's a multiplication of that blessing when you move beyond the ten. Beyond just what God says belongs to him. I'm going to give more than that. Now some of you may be several steps away from that. And so I don't want anybody. This is, what I, this, this is, this is my fear when having these sorts of conversations. That some lofty goal. You're so far from it from where you are. That you're fearful about a next step. And I just want to encourage you to take a step in your life right now to what would feel and what you would believe would be generous for you. As he continues on here, he starts to explain a little bit. If we're going to be generous, generous, cheerful givers and receive God's blessing, what does that mean? Verse 8. And God is able to bless you abundantly. So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. 
their righteousness endures forever. He is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, all times, all that you need, every good work. You put these ideas together, I think really what the, the big idea, what does blessing mean from God? Whatever it means, it is abundant and thorough. He will bless you abundantly. His favor on you will be abundant. It will not be, it is not something small. It is large. And it is also thorough because it says here that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So what is blessing then? Again, there's a lot of it. And it seems to be widespread. But it seems to be centered around this idea that whatever it is you need to be and do who God has called you to be, you will have it. He will bless you so that you will have everything that you need that is required of you to continue to be who He has called you to be. And so there's so many different aspects of that. I would love to be free from anxiety. I would love to have peace. I would love to have joy. I would love to have faith. I would love to have confidence. I would love that, I would love that blessing in my life. That's what I need if I'm going to continue to be generous. That's what I need. And if I'm going to continue to be generous, I, I'm, I'm going to need financial blessing. I'm going to need, if, if God, if you want me to give, I'm going to have to continue to have money that I can give. And it says that God is going to bless abundantly to thoroughly make sure that whatever it is that you need, God will make sure that you have it. Now, I have to be really careful here because I do. I want to say this, and then I'm going to say something different. I believe that in your finances, God wants to prosper you. Now, I use that word intentionally because there is a thing that I absolutely do not believe that is out there that is referred to as a prosperity gospel. That somehow that God's agenda is for you to be rich. That if you give God a little, he will give you more back. And that if you are faithful to God, you will have more and more and more money. And that God wants you to be wealthy. And I would like to suggest that there is a difference between God wanting you to be prosperous and God wanting you to be wealthy. Because what would God describe as someone who is prospering? Someone who is blessed. I do not believe that God wants to make you wealthy. I believe God wants to make you generous. And he is going to prosper you in a way where you can continue to be generous. And in the 29 and a half years of our marriage, we have had plenty of opportunities to give. And we believe in every possible way, financially, personally, in our hearts, that God has prospered us. But that is not the same as we have continued to get wealthy. Our income such as it is has gone up and down over the last 29 years. We've, we've made some money. We've made more money. There have been seasons of our life where we made no money. But I would never say that there was a time when the prosperity of God was not on what we did. When we were in seminary... Um, uh, which is preacher grad school, if you don't know what that is. We were in Colorado there for a couple of years. 
had a three-year-old and a newborn. We lived in apartments that immediately after we moved, the whole building was condemned. And I was a full-time student and, and a full-time Chick-fil-A nighttime manager. And we had a, we had a, season, we had a, we had a slogan. It was a slogan. If you can't eat it, you can't buy it. And that was just, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't, have, we have, any, we didn't have any money. We didn't have any money. And some of the most difficult tithing checks that I ever wrote were during that season to a church plant that I was kind of interning at. And we didn't have any money. We had way more expenses. It was, it was, we made this commitment, though, to do this. And I had this spreadsheet, this incredible spreadsheet that I had. It was of just like all the things that we're going to have to do. We're going to have to buy this computer. We're going to have to replace this car. This is what tuition costs. This is what all these things cost. This is the income we're bringing in. And everything said we were going to go through completely through our savings. And then what were we going to do? And when those two years were up, we had not spent one dime of our savings. And we had more money in our accounts than we, ever had, than we, than we did when we got there. How did it work? You might say, well, you're not very good at spreadsheets. I don't know how it worked. Not in a tangible way. I do know that God worked. I know that he, that, that he, that he blessed us. He took care of us. So that we would be able to, in all things, at all times, having everything that we need, abound in every good work. I'll tell you one more story. It's about 20 years ago, we were at a church in St. Louis, and I was kind of an associate pastor there. The guy, the lead pastor, was a friend of mine, invited me to come help plant this church for him in St. Louis, and we started a capital campaign to, to try to buy some land, and we made a decision as a family to give the largest single amount of money that we had ever given before. It was, it was significant. It was overwhelming. It was scary. But we believed, we trusted God, and I remember the Sunday came down, there was a little box, and you came down, you put the check in the box, went back, I still remember that. I'm going to skip over one step in the story and get to this, this part, which is three months later, that dude fired me. He said, you're a terrible pastor, you should give it up, don't ever be a pastor again. And that did some things to me, obviously. But there's a really cool thing that God did in between. Because if you give the largest amount you've ever given to a church and then that church kicks you out, I would imagine it would, be really, it would have been really easy for me to have been incredibly jaded about God and giving and life in general. But let me tell you what happened in between here. We give here on a Sunday. On Wednesday, we get a check in the mail from the most unlikely of sources for that exact dollar amount. And again, I don't think it's because God wanted us to have money. It's because he knew there was some great potential there for something really unhealthy to happen here in my heart. And he wanted to let me know, when you are generous, I am with you. That is our only story that we have around you give a certain amount, we get the exact amount back. It's happened. There's plenty of stories like that out there. It's only happened to us once. But it happened to us at a very important strategic time to make sure that God knew, that, that I knew that God was with me. He's not wanted to make me wealthy. He's not wanted to make our family wealthy. He's not trying to make us wealthy. He's desperately trying to make us generous because he wants to, he wants to bless you. He wants you to have favor. 
He wants you to overcome the fear and the anxiety and the stress. And he wants to give you more opportunities to be generous. Let's continue on. Verse 10. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. I've used this word before. If you've been around, I'll use it here again. Not only is his blessing abundant and thorough, his blessing is reciprocal. It means it kind of exists kind of in this cycle that just kind of, once it starts, it doesn't end. Because what he says here is that you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And so you are generous with God. And what, what Paul is saying here, if you are generous with God, he is going to be generous back to you. He's going to enrich you in every way. Every way. Physically, emotionally, personally, spiritually. In every way that one can be blessed, you can be blessed. So that when the next opportunity rolls around that calls for generosity, you'll be ready. And again, that's not to say if I give this, he's going to give that much back. See, I'm going to give this, and God is going to do something in my heart, in my life, in my finances, so that when the next opportunity rolls around to be generous, I'm ready to do it again. So I'm going to be generous, and then God's going to be generous back to me so that then I now have another opportunity in the future to be generous so that then God can be generous back to me. And I, for me, for my life, and my desire for you in your life, I want you to start that cycle, and I do not want you to break that cycle. Again, I don't, I don't, I'm not under, please, please do not hear me saying something that I'm not. Do not hear this idea of prosperity gospel. Do not hear me saying that God wants you to be rich, and that for every dollar you get, God's going to give you at least one dollar back. What I'm saying is, is that when you are generous and you give to God, He will make sure that you are blessed, that your favor is with you, so that when the next opportunity comes to be generous, you'll be ready. My wife, uh, I, I said it's my wife's aunt, technically. It's my wife's aunt, but I've called her Aunt Shirley from the moment I met. I called her Aunt Shirley before we even got married, and she has functioned as a, a mentor, a friend, a, a, a woman of deep faith, prayer, example, and everything that she could possibly be. She has been that to our family from even before we got married. And they were incredibly generous with us. They, they are garage sailors, her and her husband, Tommy, who is now passed. They were garage sailors, and they filled up their barn with everything that they thought we would need for our first apartment and then drove it up to our house, drove it up to our apartment right after we got married. They filled our first apartment from furniture to, to silverware to everything. These are the kind of people that they were. They were very humble people, never, never had a lot of money, or incredibly generous, and she loved to talk about it. She loved to talk about it. And she, they had this barn, they really did, they had this barn in their backyard, and its only purpose was to fill it up with stuff 
so that they could give it away to people. And she would get really excited. She'd talk to you. She'd get real excited. So let me tell you, let me tell you, Jesus can do more with the 90% of what you have after you tithe than you could ever do with the whole thing. And at 60, 70, 80 years old, she's still, we were just down there, we were just down there very recently, she was still talking about this overwhelming, generous God that she worships. That at every opportunity for her entire life, she's had this incredible opportunity to be generous with God, with her church, with people in need. And she's, and, 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 and my life is a testimony to the favor of God. And that sort of passion is it's just contagious. And then you sound, you feel skeptical. It feels weird. It feels adjacent to something maybe that seems wrong. And or, or there's something about it that doesn't make sense. And we let fear overwhelm us from taking steps of faith to say, when given the opportunity, I'm going to be generous with God. I'm going to be generous with my money to causes that God has asked me to invest in, my church, into missions, into people in need. I'm going to do that and trust and believe in faith that what God is going to do back to me is going to be more generous with me so that then the next time I get to be generous. Now I know for some of you this feels vague and uncertain. I don't know what that will mean. I don't know what it will look like. It would actually make more sense if you could say, which I can't, that if I gave, he'll give me that money back. If it, if it works logically. It doesn't work that way, but how it does work is the blessing and favor of God will be on this most critical area of your life. One where we, so many of us so desperately need it. So that he'll be generous with me, so I can be generous again, so he can be generous again. And they can have this cycle instead of fear and anxiety and being overwhelmed by my money all the time. I can live in this cycle of generosity with God. I want this for us as a church. This is what I want. I want us to continue to be a church that as God allows us to prosper, that we are blessing our world in deeper and greater ways. This is who I want us to be. I want this for us. I want this for you. It breaks my heart to hear people overwhelmed and stressed, feeling like they can't, they can't give, they can't be generous. I want this favor. I want this for you. I want this for us. I want this for you. But deeper than that, I want you to understand God wants this for you. God wants this for you. He is a generous God, full of blessing and favor looking for opportunities to grant us that blessing and that favor so that in all things at all times having all that you need you will abound in every good work let me pray God, I thank you that this is even possible. That the God of the universe who does have to hold the universe together, that does 
so much bigger than what we can even fathom. He's also personally interested in me and wants to bless me. And God, I pray that we would be able to take a step of faith, of generosity today, this week, that we would no longer be bound by fear, feeling overwhelmed, anxious. And God, I pray that we would not use the fear of not having enough, the fear of falling into prosperity thinking to keep us from really believing the simple idea that you bless generous hearts. So with generosity, with a cheerful heart, God, I pray that you would grow and develop us into being generous people. We're so thankful for your son whose sacrifice and love for us allows us to even have a relationship with you at all that allows us to have your favor. And we're so thankful for his life, his death for us, and his resurrection that gives us hope. And it is in his name that we pray. Amen. Thanks again for joining us on our sermon podcast. And you can learn more about us at thegrovechurch.org. And if you go to thegrovechurch.org slash connect, there's a form you could fill out. Just let us know that you've been listening. And if you want to dig deeper on some of these topics that we cover in our sermon podcast or just in other issues of dealing with culture or theology, those kinds of things, uh, you can check out our Cultivate podcast, which is on the same feed, um, however you found this particular podcast. So again, this is Charlie, the lead pastor at The Grove, and thank you so much for joining us.